The Green Bay Packers ended up relying heavily on some key rookies in the 2022 season, but that wasn't the case to start the year. And in fact, there were players playing, veteran players, for long stretches who seemed like they would be better off sitting on the bench. Maybe it didn't cost Green Bay the season. But it seems like when the Kansas City Chiefs go out and go to a Super Bowl, thanks in part to the play of rookie defenders like George Karloftis, Trent McDuffie, and others, because they were allowed to play through growing pains. Whereas in the case of the Bills or the Packers, they had young players, talented players, promising players. But the idea of winning now and winning now with veterans trumped the volatility potentially of a rookie playing, even if the long-term benefit was there. We take a look at that approach. If it was the right one, if it should change in Green Bay, plus we now know what the salary cap will be. How does that change the Packers outlook for the 2023 offseason? All of that is on today's show. Are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Touchdown! You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for the leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for the fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. They are the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Visit FanDuel slash locked on to get started. So I was listening to podcasts and reading some of the discussions out there about what happened over the course of the season and how the teams that are going to the Super Bowl differ from the teams that didn't make it. And one of the points that came up was this idea that the Chiefs, guys like Trent McDuffie, George Karloftis, um, and others, who had to play a meaningful role on this team as rookies were allowed to do so despite the fact that the Chiefs were a contending team and they played through some growing pains and it ultimately benefits them in the end. Okay, let me start here. I think that's good. I think the best players should play and I think coaches in general in every sport tend to be too risk averse when it comes to playing young players, especially at the expense of, you know, let's say a rookie um, when, when the alternative is a veteran whose ceiling is clearly defined and who's just an okay to average to maybe below slightly below average player when, okay, your, your replacement might have more bad plays, but is more likely to have more good plays. I think generally speaking, that is a good model. The flip side of that is like the the, the Chiefs were a roughing the the passer, or I guess it was a personal foul out of bounds penalty from having to attempt um, you know, a 50 plus yard field goal to go to the Super Bowl instead of 
having a much easier field goal that Harrison Butker ultimately made. They played a great game. The Bengals played mostly poorly, really. Like they didn't, they played like their C plus game. The Chiefs played their A game and won. The Bengals played their C plus game and lost, but had multiple chances to win. And so we're not having this discussion. Now, again, I actually think it is smart and good to do this. I think there were times where the Packers, Romeo Dobbs needed to be on the field more. Christian Watson needed to be on the field more. And not just needed to be on the field, needed to be featured on the field. Less offense being run through Alan Lazard. Less offense being run through Sammy Watkins to start the season. Although I get, you know, the first month I kind of throw out because they're just sort of searching for opportunities. You're playing Big Bob Tunyon, even though it's clear Josiah DeGuara is the more valuable player. I think there's a lot of examples of this. We're going to talk about a couple of them. But so, I I think Green Bay, you make the case of the last few years. Well, the reason is, number one, Aaron Rodgers likes veteran players. He's got to get over it. Like, at at a certain point, you're hurting the team. Um, I don't know if he's going to be back. I'm interested to see if their outlook changes with Jordan Love. Are they going to be so veteran deferential if Jordan, if and when Jordan Love becomes the quarterback because you have a different runway, a different timeline? Matt LaFleur strikes me as the, um, I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt to the veteran a little longer than it is clear that the other guy is better. But I think this season, if anything, was the clearest example of Matt LaFleur saying, if you're getting outplayed, we will replace you. Yash Nyman got pulled in a do-or-die game for a rookie. They end up building the passing offense around Christian Watson the second half of the season. He is a rookie. They threw Quay Walker out there. He did not start OTAs, did not start training camp. As the starting linebacker, like day two, he's out there playing over Chris Barnes. So I don't think the Packers are afraid to put out their young players with Matt LaFleur. I think there there are some tweaks and adjustments. And look, this is all this with the understanding, I'm not in the room. I don't know what these guys are like in practice, behind closed doors, studying film. Devontae Wyatt said, you know, he wasn't fully comfortable until the end of the season. But you know what would have been great? You know what would have been great is learning on the job. Learning on the job is really great. The way to get comfortable is to do it. And so I went back and looked, and this is the most egregious one to me. Dean Lowry played 15 games, played 482 snaps. Okay, Dante Wyatt played 16 games. He played 224 snaps. In that time, Dean Lowry got half a sack, zero tackles for loss. It is hard to play 482 snaps. He played almost 50% of the snaps this season, did not have an official TFL. And he had five quarterback hits. PFF had him at a 9.2 pass rush win rate to create pressure. Devontae Wyatt played in 16 games, played half as many snaps, less than half. He had one and a half sacks, a tackle for loss, and three QB hits. He had a 12.6 win rate to create pressure. That doesn't make sense. And yes, Dean Lowry is, is the veteran. He's the guy getting paid. Don't tell why it was a first round pick. Usually those guys get the benefit of the doubt. They didn't. Now, 
while I think it is the case, Zach Tom, as the day one starter at right tackle with Royce Newman at right guard, made the most sense. I continue to believe that they got Elton Jenkins back in the first month of the season. He's playing right tackle. Yash Nyman is playing left tackle. It was it was fine. It was fine to handle it the way that they did. You have JRJ on the left side, Royce Newman. I'm I'm fine with with the way that they attempted to make it look. We all thought, I thought that was probably going to be the best alignment. Now, I would have preferred Zach Tom at guard. You know, there are smart like Duke Manyweather who who coaches these these offensive linemen said he's not a guard, he's a tackle. Playing him at guard would have been a mistake. Okay, I'm just, I'm gonna, happy to just take a seat on that one. I said I thought that, that Zach Tom should have been starting over Royce Newman. That all got worked out because they end up having to move Jenkins back to guard when David Bakhtiari is healthy because Jenkins is struggling at guard. You move JRJ to right guard. You got David Bakhtiari, Yash Nyman. It ends up being a good group. And by the end of the season, you feel comfortable enough in Zach Tom to actually bench Yash Nyman in the biggest game of the season and play Zach Tom. That should, the, the way that they maneuvered all this, I think actually shows a lot of dexterity from the team. I don't think it was a mistake to try Elton Jenkins at tackle first. It was maybe, yeah. A, a, I would question the right guard choice. I just don't think Royce Newman is a starting NFL player. And I think we knew that at that point. And so you play Zach Tom, but in the first six weeks of the year, it all sort of just sorted itself out. It was part of the reason why their offense wasn't quite on track because there was all these continuity issues, but that's because Elton Jenkins didn't play well at right tackle. You've got David Bakhtiari in and out of the lineup. You're trying to figure out which which side of the line these guys should be on. There was a lot of continuity issues. It's the second half of the season when everyone got in their spot. That's when the offensive line played great. And by the end of the season, they're a top five offensive line group. Can't explain why they played their worst game of the year with this group um, in the most important game. Sometimes those things happen. I think it's somewhat similar with the receivers. I understand Sammy Watkins to start the year. Christian Watson gets hurt. Romeo Dobbs gets hurt. But then once those guys are all back, we really didn't see a lot of the Watson-Dobbs combo together because they they leaned so much into Alan Lazard and, and that I get. And then I think, you know, late, late in the year, they tried to get Christian Watson in the slot a little bit more. Randall Cobb off the field a little bit more. I think there are some places here and there you can quibble and say, "Mm, could they have done this and this? But I think they're mostly defensible. It's the Wyatt one that is indefensible to me, ironically. And I think, I hope, moving forward, especially with Jordan Love and not Aaron Rodgers, that they will actually give the rookies a better opportunity. I mean, they give Christian Watson... The first snap of the season. He started as a rookie. Sammy Watkins is healthy. Randall Cobb is healthy. Romeo Dobbs, who's the camp darling, was healthy. Christian Watson got the first snap of the season. And then once he came back from that month-long injury, before we even know if he can play, before before we see the Cowboys game, he is running with the ones ahead of Romeo Dobbs. First-round picks get the benefit of the doubt. So it's not like that's a different thing either. They understand that they're trying to win a title. 
does that change if they're not quite in the same mode with Jordan Love? I wonder. I wonder. I still think they're on they're on a closer to the right side than say Mike McCarthy was who would would stay with guys to a fault and they've made some bad personnel decisions in these big games and it's cost them. But I think in the aggregate certainly this last season you can explain what they did and eventually they landed in the right spot. I think the process can be tweaked a touch. I don't think it's the reason their season went the way that it did. And so would I like to see a little bit of an evolution there? Yes. Do I think with a different quarterback where you're not so trying to win now and maybe that that volatility where you're trying to capture some of that high-end upside actually makes more sense on a team with Jordan Love? And so we'll see if that approach changes if and when they make a quarterback change. All right, we're going to talk about the salary cap coming up here in just a second. But before we do, let's talk about today's episode being sponsored by our friends at Blue Nile. Valentine's Day is coming, which means romance is in the air even more than normal. I don't need to tell you all that, you know, Valentine's Day is for lovers. You probably had your date plans on the calendar for weeks, but... Have you found the perfect Valentine's Day gift yet? Whether you're celebrating this day of romance or whether you're ready to pop the question, you can find jewelry as unique as they are with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Find the perfect piece of jewelry for life's special moments or create the custom engagement ring of their dreams. Blue Nile experts provide guidance, in-depth educational materials, and unique online tools that place you in control so you can forget the usual hassle of jewelry, shopping, experiences, and processes, and focus on the good stuff. Right now, you can save up to 50% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com for up to 50% at BlueNile.com. And Locked On is heading to the Senior Bowl. Get inside analysis from the hosts that cover the NFL's next generation in college and find out which NFL draft boards these players will be climbing all in one location. Subscribe to Locked On NFL Draft for nightly live shows from the Senior Bowl on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern. Okay, so we got the salary cap numbers. The Packers are set to be about $16.5 million over the cap. We talked about this a little bit, but I think it bears repeating. I also understand everyone doesn't listen to every show. So we're going to just go through this quickly. So 16 million. It's not the best. It's not the worst. It's another nine if you trade Aaron Rodgers. And if he's going to get dealt, it's going to be before um, the the June 1. That's just not going to happen. So, okay. What's interesting is they have these levers to pull. And when you look at some of the roster bonuses that the Packers have, they put all these roster bonuses in David Bakhtiari's deal so that they could convert them to signing bonus and spread them out. It's just an accounting trick. Like that's the thing. And that's what's so confusing about the Aaron Rodgers contract is so much of the nuance in it is just accounting. It's just how the Packers count the money versus what they actually have to pay out. So the big bonuses, I like big bonuses and I cannot lie. There's a handful of them and all of them are eminently reworkable. David Bakhtiari has a $9 million roster bonus. 
they can save almost $8 million of that bonus with a restructure. And, and you, 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 could re, you could restructure some of the, the base salary as well. Kenny Clark has $13 million in base salary. You can spread that out if you want. Jair Alexander is just a, a veteran minimum basically on the cap as a base salary, 1.5, a little under 1.5 million, but he's got $11 million roster bonus. Spread that out. Aaron Jones, a $7 million roster bonus. Spread that out. Preston Smith, $7.5 million roster bonus. Spread that out. They can create plenty of space even with the guarantee from Aaron Rodgers. So, you also have the Rashawn Gary contract that they can turn into an extension and save, eh, probably only probably to save five, six million if you do an extension this offseason. Now, the injury complicates that, but they could do it. Now, those are really your only big options. Unless Aaron Rodgers wants to rework some things, but he's got a, a, a no base salary here anyway. So he's going to cost the $40 million because you accelerate the dead cap, all that stuff, no matter what. Because it's bonus, and then it's the, the future bonus that's been prorated coming back. I, I, I know your eyes are starting to glaze over. I get it. But the Packers have a ton of maneuverability. I don't think Green Bay is going to have to make any kind of we-can't-afford-it cuts. That's the TLDR of all of this. They are not going to look at their team and go, I'm sorry, guys. We just can't afford it. No, they can. They can, even with the dead cap. Now, can they go out and sign some monster free agent? No, probably not. But the thing about free agents, and this is something to always remember, you sign a four-year deal, let's say, that first year can be Nothing in base salary because they're getting a signing bonus. And on the cap, you get to spread those numbers out. You get $40 million in signing bonus on a four-year deal. That's 10 years on the cap, but it's spread out. Now, they you know they might not have the $10 million to do that, but you could have a $1 million base salary, basically a veteran minimum base salary, and a, a player who's making a much bigger number in the true APY, the average value per season, counting a fraction of it on the cap. In fact, it happens pretty regularly. So for the Packers, they put all these mechanisms in. Now, does that mean kicking the can down the road? Yes, but, and this is something that I said last year, and it's true again this year. You can, you're fine kicking the can down the road when it means paying players you want on the team anyway. If you're going to spread out the money that you're giving to Kenny Clark, fine. You want him on the team in two, three years. If you're going to spread out the money you're going to pay to Jair Alexander, fine. You want him on the team in three to four years. If you're going to spread out the money you want to pay Preston Smith, fine. He, I know he's not an elite player. He's good. He is a good, stable force on this defense. And whether he's your number one pass rusher or your number three pass rusher, he's worth the money you're paying him. Aaron Jones is a top five running back in the league by 
If you look at the efficiency numbers, the most efficient running back in the league last season. And so you're like, okay, well, that seems good. That seems good. You want the, and, and a beloved locker room guy, you want that guy on your team. They have made these contracts so you can pull the lever, spread that money out, and keep pushing it. Now, maybe that changes if you go to the, the Jordan Love route and he stinks. Now, I don't think he, I think he's going to be a quality player. And I've said that. Is he going to be Aaron Rodgers? I don't think so. But if he's, I don't know, somewhere between good Jared Goff and bad Jared Goff, you can win a lot of games with that guy. Like the Rams won 10, 11 games with bad Jared Goff if the rest of your team is good enough. Now, they need to add some pieces to make that the case, but they can do that. They need to hit in the draft, maybe swing a trade. But this is a nice roster. This was a top 10 team by DVOA, by EPA. Like some of the some of the advanced numbers liked this team, thought they were a playoff caliber team. They didn't play their best at the end of the season. They didn't play their best in the middle of the season. There's still a ton of talent on this team. We shouldn't forget that. So you don't have that many expensive players and all the guys really on your team are on contracts that you're fine with. Like, you're not stuck with, oh, can't believe it's going to be this guy at this number. No, they have ways to get around it. And they're not stuck doing the Zadarius Smith just got to cut you after restructuring you because it's just too much money and you got to eat it. And he didn't want to be there and they didn't want him to be there and all that stuff. They're not in that position. All of these high money guys, now Aaron Rodgers being the exception, of course. But you take that medicine now and all of a sudden your cap sheet in 2024 they have, as it stands right now, $33 million in cap space in 2024. And that is assuming $40 million of that money from Aaron Rodgers. Think about that. As it stands right now. Now, that means you, you, Rashawn Gary does not factor into this. Like There are some players that you're going to want to resign. Maybe A.J. Dillon. Right now, they have $33 million in cap space with Aaron Rodgers having a $40 million cap number in 2024. That's with David Bakhtiari on the team, Kenny Clark on the team, Jerry Alexander on the team, Aaron Jones on the team, Preston Smith on the team. Like, they, and and another roster bonus for Jerry Alexander, $8 million. Preston Smith, another roster bonus, $5.5 million. Elton Jenkins, a $5 million roster bonus. They keep building in. It's like they, they got to that point where they needed to do all of this rejiggering and maneuvering, and they said, hey, this actually kind of works. And as long as these are good players, we kind of don't care. And so if I, if we need to push the money out, we will, and if we don't, we won't. But they could have $70 million in 2024 to pay Jordan Love, to pay such and such, to do the thing. That's a pretty good position to be in. Before we finish up here, today's episode brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is the FanDuel app, America's number one sports book. I made some moolah. I made some serious cashola. 
on championship weekend. Hit the Eagles 12 to 1. I hit the Chiefs. I had the Chiefs to win. Um, I have the Chiefs. I before the day started, I thought, okay, I think the Chiefs are gonna win. I think the, the Eagles are gonna win. I have the Chiefs to beat the Eagles at four to one. I mean, it's like plus 124 right now in that situation. If the Chiefs do that, it's a lot better than if I just bet the Chiefs straight up. That's the beauty of what fan duel can do. I would have liked that game to go to overtime because I had any game to go to overtime. And the Chiefs winning, that would have been really beautiful. But beggars cannot be choosers. I won a lot. And so I can't be mad that, oh, I didn't win even more. No, that's, that's come on. That's just, that's just getting greedy. Right now, FanDuel will give you a no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. You can get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. This is, this is like terrific because the Super Bowl is so much fun to bet on. There's so many props and, and FanDuel makes every game like the Super Bowl, but the Super Bowl is the one where everyone's got the props and it's going to be a fun time. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen. Subscribe to Locked On NFL and get daily conversations on the biggest NFL stories plus in-depth analysis on the biggest games with NFL key predictions every Friday and Monday. Local insiders cover the weekend with game-to-game episodes. Locked On NFL available on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. All right. Um this is this is getting to be fun because Coaches are starting to get hired. We're starting to hear some more rumblings about quarterback situations. I think the Raiders are starting to become more in my mind as a true option for the Green Bay Packers. I think that it would be an appealing situation for Aaron Rodgers. The Jets is an appealing situation for Aaron Rodgers. I know we didn't spend a lot of time talking about that today, but the the Raiders, I had a conversation yesterday with someone who who knows things and and has some connections to both the the Raiders and the Packers, I think the Raiders could be a real could be a real thing. Well, just just something to keep an eye on. Just a little nugget, just a little nugget, just something to keep an eye on here over the next couple of weeks. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify. Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us live when Aaron Rodgers makes a decision, when Jordan Love becomes the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, <laughs> we will be live on YouTube so that you can stay Locked on Packers.